0: hello everybody and welcome to another fantastic episode of the business creators radio show where we help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing my name is adam Homey, i'm your host and i am so honored by your wise decision to join us today as the name says our listeners are business creators and they fall into one or more of several different categories we have our entrepreneurs small business owners and local business owners we have marketing and business coaches. We have the folks who help others build their businesses. And on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who'd like to run your own businesses and have your own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore our episodes, and discover how our experts help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. We are... On iTunes, just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators like you. We update content every week, so make sure you subscribe. Now today, we are going to get into one of those topics that we don't talk about nearly enough. This is something that seems to come up primarily when there's a crisis because something wasn't properly tended to or something catches us from left field. Just when things are going great in our businesses, just when we have that amazing product launch and we have all our affiliates on board and they all send out their emails, or you have a podcast going out and you have 42,000 visitors coming to your webpage, what happens? Your website gets hacked by Malware or your mobile users find out that when they attempt to visit your website, they're being redirected to porn. This happened to many hundreds of thousands of websites in the year 2014. So what we're going to talk about today is we are going to ask and attempt to answer the question, is your website secure? And to help us with that today, I have none other than Michael Jones, the founder of Sites Assure. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm well. How
1: are you?
0: Great. Awesome. Very happy to have you here. This is a topic, as I said, that we don't talk about nearly enough, and I know that when I spoke with you a couple weeks ago that we definitely had to have you on Business Creators Radio Show to cover this topic. Uh, For our listeners, Mike and I have known each other for a long time, and he's a very interesting individual. So what I'm going to do here is before we dive in, we're going to take a step back and we're going to give those of our listeners who may not have heard of Michael yet a chance to get to know him a little. So Mike, just tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today. All right.
1: I was, um, first of all, I'm not young, so I have lots of years behind me of different uh, activities. Um, I was a musician for 20 years. I toured with nationally known jazz groups. I played all over the world, had a wonderful time doing it, um, had nine CDs out, started the first nonprofit 501c3 corporation to present a jazz ensemble um, as you would a symphony orchestra. Um, That then came to an end as I grew up and decided to become responsible. (laughs) And uh, I went to school back when I was 40 and uh, learned about websites and computers and tech. Um, That then led me into one of uh, the first e-commerce sites that went online um, back in 1996 or so. I went into Internet marketing which nobody knew what to do. It was all brand new. There were no rules, so it was figured out as you go along. Well, I stayed with that company, and in 1999, uh, they were the victims of the first Internet hacking. 350000 credit cards were stolen by a 16-year-old Russian kid named Maxim and put on sale on the Internet for $1 apiece. I went home one day, everything was fine. I came back the next day, and we had state police, we had Interpol, we had FBI, you name it, they were there tearing everything apart. Um, What had happened was he had also held them hostage for $100,000 and said, if you give me $100,000, I won't post the the, uh, credit card numbers, so amazingly... All the major companies were hacked. They paid the ransom. We did not. Our credit cards went public. Um, we managed to pull through that, and all kinds of security companies came in in an attempt to secure our databases. Um, but I did not lose any clients. Um, people were very understanding, and we just changed the way we were doing things. Um, but the interesting story that came out of that is Yahoo. I had a multi-million dollar deal with and they called me out to Yahoo, and they want to know the whole story, what was going on, basically, you know, what were we going to do and if we were going to go forward. So I fly out to Yahoo in California, and I'm sitting there in the boardroom, and everybody's coming in. they got their clipboards. They're all very (laughs) serious, ready to crash down on top of me. And then I see people running through the halls, and people are leaving the meeting, and then I'm left there. I'm sitting by myself for 10 minutes. And finally, somebody came in and very meekly said, "Uh, Mike, we are in the uh, process of having the largest denial of of service attack in the history of the Internet. I guess uh, we're going to have to let you go. um, Just make sure you're secure. And they left, and I walked myself out. (laughs) Um, Which just goes to show that nobody is secure. Anything can happen anytime to anybody. And I ended up with a wonderful five-day vacation in San Francisco. Uh, not a bad place to be. Right. So, right. so then um, I left there, became a consultant. I involved lots of hackings, lots of defacings. I, I worked for a nationally syndicated talk radio show, um, which is on in the wee hours of the morning. Um, very, very well-named show. And their website would get hacked and would defaced, you know, skull and crossbones, uh, you know, defaced by some guy in, a, in Iraq, you know, whatever. Um, so I had all this experience. I went to consulting. I uh, went to make some software. Um, our software worked fine in content management systems. Um, but I found out when it didn't work, it was because the customer's websites were either hacked or broken. I had to clean them before they could get my software to work. I figured that'd be a good business to go into. Uh, so now we started a website repair company. Uh, we've been number one on Google for about nine years now. And all day long, I get phone calls. My website's hacked. Can't get a hold of my web developer. Don't have access to anything. Help me, help me. Um, so that led to the formation of sites to share. Rather than cleaning them, we decided maybe we just better secure them and make sure they can't be hacked. Um, a lot of things presented itself to me in the past two years um, to give me the capability to do this, and um, now we have two different firewalls that we can install on uh, websites from any level, from the beginner to the corporate. And in our 18 months of service, not website, not one website has been hacked using our software.
0: Wow, we're going to talk more about that as we go through the hour here. Uh, that is something that I really want to spend a little bit of time on uh, because. Part of the reason I see, and we're going to have you give your thoughts on this because, after all, you're the expert in this area, but I see a lot of companies that don't spend nearly enough time on website security because they either don't want to pay or something like that. I'm going to give you your thoughts on that until – They get hacked, or until they open up their own website one day and they see a a skull and bones laughing at them. I mean, it it sometimes takes that to wake people up. But Before we get into that, uh, there is a question I ask all of our guests here, and our listeners probably hear the drum roll in the background. So for everybody listening, if you can just sort of tap your desk in the drum roll, here we go. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that any of our guest experts share with us except for time and money? And I ask this question of all of our experts who have appeared on our show, and what I like about it is not only the variety of different answers, but the variety of different ways the question is interpreted. So, Mike, how do time and money play a role when it comes to website security?
1: You mean as far as the development of our services? Uh, I'm
0: talking talking about uh, how, uh, let's say, somebody feels that they don't have the time or they don't have the money?
1: Well, that's part of the equation for when you're starting an online business or building an online website. Um, It is very common for people to spend all kinds of money on their design, um, but most people do leave out the money for marketing, and they all leave out the money for security. Um, I do not know why. But I say right now that roughly 10% of your budget for your website should be targeted for security on a yearly basis, and right now the average person does only 3% or less.
0: Wow, that is something. That is something. That's not nearly enough. So what I'd like to do now is I'd like to sort of move into our next question, because I think you nailed it in terms of uh, time and money on this subject, is why do you think that is? Why do you think that if you're supposed to be spending about 10% of your internet internet budget or your marketing budget or your technology budget on security, why are companies literally spending a third of that, 3%?
1: Because it's not something that you can see and hold in your hand. When you go to a website, you can't see the security. And right. people can't they don't know what it's doing. They don't they can't see it working. There's no gears and cogs moving. It's just there. And one other thing in my experience is when we do install the security on a website, they still don't see anything except they make it reports saying that something has tried to get into their website but they still can't see anything so they feel they a false sense of security and either don't do it or drop it of course as soon as they do that they can be hacked at any time sure um yeah so they get most people get caught up in the design how big is the font what the colors are how thick is the line <laughs> and they just totally <laughs> leave out it's frustrating for me Um, and it's frustrating for them when they do finally get
0: hacked. Yeah, you know, you make a really good point there, and I never really thought of it that way because you're right. The idea of a secure website is not something that's tangible. That's why when we talk about selling information products online that are available digitally, you create this image It looks like a 3D product because that creates a tangibility that convinces people to real products. So it's the same thing with security. It's not going to become tangible to you until you're up on stage and you tell 900 people in your audience to pull out their phones and go to your website and they get greeted by a hack message or redirect to porn. It doesn't feel tangible until you're on an international webcast and the host of the webcast, where you have 46,000 people watching around the globe, takes five minutes out of their presentation to praise you and tell everybody to go to your website and it's in the middle of a hack. That's when it suddenly becomes tangible, when it hurts you really bad. That's right.
1: Right. And I expectation that the hosting companies that it's their responsibility it is right. not their responsibility to protect your website. Um, I don't know where they get this they don't promote that. Um, it's your responsibility to protect your website and to take whatever method you can. And even if it's 10 or twenty dollars a month it's going to save you so much cost and, and lost um, income you know that it's really minuscule.
0: That's right. Now, why do you think people feel that it's their hosting company's responsibility to keep everything secure? I mean, I know that whenever whenever the website goes down, the first question people tend to ask is, why didn't the hosting company do X, Y, or Z? I can imagine from the hosting company's perspective, it's got to be pretty frustrating after a while.
1: From my experience, hosting companies take care of everything on the server, all the things that are required to make a website run, but they don't take care of your website in itself. They don't build it, they don't fix it, they don't secure it, they don't do anything. And uh, half the time their backups don't even run. Um, It is their job to provide the environment that renders a website in a browser, that's it. The rest of it is on you. Um, and, And you need to build this into your budget. Um, your monthly maintenance. Websites, a lot of people think that, I, know, I built my website, I'm done. There it is. I'm good for 10 years. It's just not the case. It's a very volatile environment that's constantly changing and requires ongoing maintenance and updates. Um, people fail to see that. Part of that, in my experience, is when they turn on their computer, and they see that monitor, they equate that to a TV, either on or off. The TV show is always there as long as I have a, an antenna or a cable connection. They see that when they look at a monitor the same way. It's like a TV picture with no understanding what's going on behind that or how that picture came into that monitor. So without that understanding, they get this false sense of security on how, and, and a false sense of how everything works.
0: Yeah, and this, again, it's one of those things that's not tangible until you're directly affected by it. So, um, you know, based on what you and I discussed in the green room before we went live with this episode here, uh, what I want to do is I want to make sure that our listeners are truly aware, painfully aware, if necessary, what's really at stake here. Now, you've given us one very interesting statistic and kind of an alarming statistic, which is that companies who have websites should be allocating about 10% of their IT budget to security, but they're really only allocating on average 3% or less. So what I'd like to do here, Mike, is I'd like to hand you the cattle prod, so to speak, and have you shock us with some additional things that we really need to be aware of.
1: Okay. Uh, Adam, I know that your favorite CMS system is WordPress. Correct. Correct. 100,000 WordPress websites are attacked or infected every month. The number is probably much higher. 100,000. The next thing is um, 41% of all email malware comes from a link off a website. So if a website infected. Somebody goes in and clicks the link, and now all of a sudden... Infected emails being sent out everywhere. The source of that is from infected websites, and you need to make sure your website is not is not infected because you carry a liability when you have a website. And because of that email issue, if you know your website's infected and you don't clean it, you're you have a huge liability to all the damages that the people downstream. Every year. There are five billion attempted malware attacks for everything from the do-it-yourself to the big corporation. Five billion. Uh, Our software monitors websites for these attacks, and I've seen websites get no attacks in one day to an attack every 15 seconds, most of which are automated. Wow. Yes. So that's how that adds up. Um, 5.8 billion web pages are actually infected per month worldwide. Um, 145 million plus unique URLs are recognized as malicious. That's how many uh, websites are actually infected at any one time throughout the world. True, it's estimated there's one billion websites and 145 million is roughly 15%. That's a lot. The standard, let's see, the standard for websites, oh, here's a good one. 74,000 new viruses are created every day. Where do the viruses come from? Who's creating them? College students, high school students, anyone that thinks that they can create something and just put it out there. And they put it out in a way that it's automated. It goes throughout the internet and finds you. Um, You may not be directly targeted. And why do they do it? Power, individual power. gives them accomplishment that they've done something. But here's the worst, the worst fact of all is that costs of malware and infections and security um, breaches cost the U.S. economy over 4.5 billion dollars a year.
0: What do you think of that? 4.5 billion dollars a year, and meanwhile we have so many companies out there that wish they had $4.5 billion or even wish they had $4.5 million. And imagine if for a very small investment every month, and I know you're going to tell us a little bit more about that when we get a little bit deeper in, they can pretty much to a 99% certainty, which is much better than the statistics you've given us so far, assure themselves that this type of thing is not going to happen to their website. Because think about it. When your website gets hacked, uh, you have a crisis situation on your hands because people aren't going to uh, just stop going to your website because uh, you put up a sign or you put out a a vibe to the world that says, hey, my site's been hacked. Can you please not visit this until we fix it? Oh, and uh, when a site gets hacked, you can't sort of schedule the work on that for a week from Tuesday when it fits in the schedule, You kind of kind of drop everything and do it right now. Uh, one of, I mean, one of my frustrations back when I used to own a web development firm before 2010 is uh, dealing with uh, hosting companies that started out really good, and then the quality of their servers and the quality of their overall service went down. So we go from outstanding uptimes and no problems straight to uh, constant crashes, servers cracking and everything else. And that stuff doesn't happen when everybody just sort of twilling their thumbs saying, hey, there's really nothing going on, so if something bad was to happen now should be the time for it to happen
1: yes Um, one thing that out of what you just said that I want to make people aware of is um, if the search engines for instance Google or Bing crawl your website and find that it's infected when your website comes up in a search result it's going to say underneath the title of your listing this website may be compromised Um, This website has malware. uh, Use at your
0: own risk. Yep. This website may harm your computer.
1: Oh, I love that one. Yes. Um, You know, so, you know, and the the other thing is there is no 100% security. If somebody wants you, they will get you. There's no way to stop that. But most of these attacks and intrusions are automated and there is a way to stop that and it's just very simple security steps but people roll the roll the dice and and don't secure their sites and what they also don't realize is if i'm on a server and there's 500 other websites on that server and i get hacked whatever got my website automated or manually infected can transverse that server and inspect every other website on that server, which at that point the hosting company will turn your website off and refuse to turn it on until you clean it. Yeah. And, and that can take quite a long time because they turn off your website, the technician that cleans your website can't access it. So exactly it becomes quite
0: isn't that the irony? Exactly. I want to point out that irony, is they will shut down your website because there's a belief that you have malware, that you've been attacked, or that your site could be attacking other people's sites. They'll shut it down, and then you'll have to spend three hours arguing with them just to get access to fix the problem that they insist you have before they'll turn your site back on.
1: That's right. That's right. When you know you compare that to 20 bucks a month to secure your website, And then, if it is hacked, like an insurance policy, the twenty bucks a month covers your website getting fixed, no matter how many times it happens. Compare that to the downtime at the worst possible moment and having no website at all. So, you know, unfortunately, you can't sell insurance for a website, but you can be you can sell assurance, Um, and that's what my attempt has been: is to prevent all of this. Um, now we know what most of the automated uh, attacks are going to be, and there are services out there which uh, catalog uh, all the sources, all the IPs, and the different kind of attacks they are. There are so that you know a firewall can block them. Um, you know, very few people's websites are actually attacked by a person. Um, most websites are. Automated, and it's not that they've specifically targeted you. It's these crawlers are looking for a way to get into your website so they can infect it. Um, now, the number one, the number one thing they want to do to infect your website is either use it to send email spam, um, and the, the other thing is to do SEO uh, spam in the idea that you say inspect your website with links to their website it will help their ranking it doesn't right. happen but that's, those are the two biggest reasons for hacking it's you know don't take it personally it's part of the environment you know you just need to protect yourself it's cold outside put on a jacket it's hot outside take off the jacket do that jacket is your shield against the environment the firewall is your shield against the environment
0: it's up to you on how you take care of yourself. Sure. One thing I want to just make sure that our listeners hear, and this is something that just struck me and what you said a moment ago, Michael, is that when your site is getting hacked or you're getting DOS attacked or something's being done to bring your site down, there's not usually somebody on the other end somewhere that uh, is watching you try and fix it and just keeps hitting the button to break it again this is something that's automated that's probably happening to tens of thousands of people at the same time as you in most cases so it's not really a matter of you need to find this one pimply faced little 15 year old kid that's trying to show off for the world who has personally decided that he's gonna go after your website today It normally doesn't happen that way am I hearing that correctly
1: that's right. Unless somebody really has something against you, it's not a person doing
0: it. Right. You've made the, and you've mentioned before, there's no such thing as perfect security, but there are a lot of preventive measures, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes here, that you can put in place to help you significantly reduce and mitigate the chances of your website getting hacked or attacked, and how to come back much more quickly should such a thing happen. And, uh, because I know, like, let's say, for instance, you're in the middle of a controversial political debate or something like that, and some organization like Anonymous or something decides they're going to take you down. Or if you're in, in financial services and somebody wants to make a statement about uh, corporate greed and they specifically target your website, then you do have somebody on the other end that keeps pushing a button to make sure you stay down. Yeah. And yes. there are and there are ways and there are ways as you're going to share with us to mitigate that. Nothing's assured, but most of what you're going to share with us today is going to significantly uh, make it safer for us and give us something we can do to reduce statistically that happening dramatically. And then, if it does happen, help us come back much more quickly, which I'm looking forward to. Now, before we do that, though, um, I do want to ask another question. We talked about the hosting company and how you demystified the idea that it's the hosting company's responsibility to make sure your website is secure. It's their job to make sure their servers are secure. And if they feel your website is a cause of insecurity, they'll just knock down your website. Uh, They're concerned about their server. They're not concerned about your website. That's one distinction we want to draw. Now, what about webmasters, web development firms, marketing firms who charge hundreds or even thousands of dollars per month for security updates? Uh, Mike, does this sound about right? Uh, Could our business creators be taken for a long ride? What's the deal with that? I've seen budgets up to $2,000 a month for this
1: yeah I would have to see what they're doing, but but there is another an, another step to website security. Um, millions hundreds and hundreds of millions of websites are now built with content management systems. right. Uh, if you look at last issue, a website magazine actually had a list of the top 50. Um, most of these are open source, um, because unless you're corporate, you, you know a big corporation, you're not going to pay a lot of money. Um, you want to use open source to keep your cost down and have all the functionality that you need. So we're talking uh, WordPress, Joomla, Magento, Drupal, uh, OS cart, you know, systems like that.
0: Yes, and so, the, rea- yeah, and the so reason why people like open source is because you can get a lot of great stuff for free or very low cost. And because it's so popular, you have many developers writing specifically for it. So you can get a lot of stuff done.
1: Right, and and a lot of the these are built, you know, community source uh, programmers. So the quality varies between the different aspects and pieces of the system. But what happens is, as each version, excuse me, <coughs> as each version of these systems come out, um, somebody is sitting out there trying to find a security hole, a vulnerability in a component, a module, a plugin in the operating system itself. And then once they do they like to write programs to exploit that vulnerability and infect people's websites. So you have this, this, this rogue team of people all over the world who do this purposely and infect sites. So what happens is as each one of those holes or vulnerabilities are discovered, the maker of that CMS system, WordPress, Drupal, Droom or whatever it is, has to come up with a new version that secures that vulnerable hole in their system. Now, this is a constant, ongoing, upgrading, updating, patching scenario, which is why you pay, or should be paying every month as part of that 10% of your IT cost for the upgrades of your website, because those secure the holes that come up. There's nothing wrong with the content management systems this is just the way it is, and there's, you can't write the perfect program. Nobody can. But as soon as you find out what the hole is, you fix it, you patch it, and then everybody needs to do an upgrade. It could be the OS. It could be the plugin in or the component. Um, so that's why you pay for an ongoing fee for that. Some months there's a lot to do. Some months there's nothing to do. But keeping your website up to date is a major factor in preventing hacking.
0: Yeah, that's very, that's very true. And what I've seen folks do, because if we want to talk about WordPress, we want to talk about Joomla, we want to talk about these types of open source content management systems. Uh, designing, creating the designs, the look and feel of those websites is often done by purchasing themes or skins. And there are companies out there that specifically design themes for WordPress. Um, for Joomla, is it called themes or is it called skins? I think it's skins, but please clarify that for me.
1: Joomla would be uh, templates.
0: Templates, yeah. Right, but the idea that you buy a set of files that will make your website look a certain way and then you install these files and that's basically what your website's going to look like. Now, sometimes when you have a very well-designed, well-supported theme or skin or template the developer of that theme Skinner template will periodically issue updates for the same reason, because security vulnerabilities are discovered within their theme, so they'll patch it, they'll upgrade it, and then they'll send an update. Or maybe WordPress upgrades its version, then there's a compatibility issue, they'll fix it, and then they'll issue an update. Now, what I see happen, unfortunately too often, is folks will do all kinds of customizations to their themes, their skins, and their templates, that when you upgrade it, those get lost. And so what they'll unfortunately too often decide to do is they will simply say okay we're just not going to upgrade it and then when their site gets catastrophically destroyed because that theme skinner template should have been updated uh they turn around and they say their developer well didn't you weren't you paying attention to this Meanwhile, you have the developers saying, why the heck do they need these customizations for it? Nobody's going to make a buying decision based on whether or not the divider line is four pixels wider in a different shade of purple in most cases, realistically. Uh, What I've seen some of my colleagues do who offer these types of security and update services for their clients and their marketing firms is uh, whenever things happen and they need to do massive upgrades or WordPress releases a new version or there's been a hack and they need to clean up the hacks, is they'll go through and they'll just undo a lot of those customizations and not say anything. And I can tell you, I have three people I know who do that with their clients. I'm not going to mention names, obviously, but they'll just undo some of these customizations customizations that seem so important to their clients, the clients usually don't even know they were removed. That's the best part. They spend all this time, they hold up website launches because some tiny little 1% customization needs to be done. Then you remove it. Nobody notices because in the end, Mike, you, you tell me, what would you prefer? Would you prefer a website with some kind of crazy customization that's down or a website that's up to date that's up? What, what do you think's going to make you more money?
1: I think the website that's up to date is up. I tell people all the time these plugins that provide the functionality, a shopping cart or whatever it may be. They have a lot of functionality already built in. Just use it as default. Use it as it comes. It covers what you need, and then when you go to the upgrade cycle, you're not going to lose anything because when you upgrade, it overwrites the core files and they're gone. Um, And as you said, a lot of these customizations are just not needed. Um, You know, when when somebody comes to your website, and you know this because it's the service you provide, it's 10 seconds or less, that person better know what you're doing. They don't care how fancy your website is, they just want to know, what do you do and how do I get it? That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm reminded of another time. Uh, this was a this was a colleague of mine, somebody who's very smart, very savvy marketer. Well, what happened is they went to some conference and they met some guy who had a WordPress plugin, one of those SEO type plugins that uh, that converts like if it find, if it finds a snippet of your text of text on your page, it converts it to a, an affiliate link or it, it adjusts the text to put in more variances of a keyword or something like that. You know, one of those type plugins that are driven off the database directly. Now, what was happening? is that plugin was slowing his his site speed down to the point where it was taking literally over 2 minutes to load a simple opt-in page a page that literally had a headline that said get this and then a little piece of text that said enter your name and email address in a form and it was taking over 2 minutes to load that page and after testing it turned out it was this plugin that his buddy had created and he had his developer Research this plugin. Uh, try to contact their customer support. Couldn't even find a link. Uh, did research on the web looking for what happens when this plugin slows down your site, and all they could see were a bunch of affiliates promoting their buddy's plugin. All these uh, these uh, clickbait articles that say. Do not use this plugin until you read this. And then it turns into a glowing endorsement. So this developer, who's a friend of mine, went back to the client, who's also a friend of mine, and told them that, uh, you know, we, we've we disabled the plugin because it's the cause of the problem. And the, the client was kind of up in arms about that it's like yeah well this is this is my buddy and I promised him that I was going to use this my my the plugin and I wanted to show him that I get results and uh, my developer said to my other friend who's a client and I gave him so much props for this say well then what you need to do is you need to call your buddy and tell him to fix this plugin other than, other than that I can't help you so that's that's another case and, and the plugins where a lot of the vulnerabilities are. And I've seen cases, you know, we want to talk about hosting companies that'll shut your site down over suspicion because their bottom line is to protect their servers. I know somebody who went back and forth with a hosting company for three days because their sites were all shut down because they suspected malware coming from Russia. And it was because they had TinyMCE uh, Tiny MCE Advanced, which is a WordPress plugin that gives you more formatting things when you edit your posts and pages. And it's translatable into several languages, and one of them happens to be Russian. So because they believed that script was a hack because it had Russian language script in it for the Russian version, they kept their site shut down for three days off of suspicion, even though Tiny MCE Advanced had no vulnerabilities.
1: I have a, Site for sure has a customer who has a website. Um I I'm not gonna say the name of it, but um they're in Australia and they are constantly on the blacklist, constantly blacklisted by McAfee and Yandex and all the other other systems. And the reason they're blacklisted is because their trade name is Trojan. So <laughs> So oh. blacklisters see that as being a bad word in the malware language because Trojans are back doors to letting things in to hack your website. Right. So just because they have that word on their website, they're blacklisted. I and was thinking two
0: things. Me,
1: yeah, I know. But they keep asking me to do something about it, and I'm like, change your name because that is a malware name and it's and it's automated systems that are protecting their servers so as it feeds the word they shut you down done so
0: wow when you said yeah. trojan i was think i was thinking a double whammy actually the first one is exactly the one you described because many malware attacks come through trojan horses that are found inside wordpress themes joomla templates and the like and also wordpress itself plugins apps And the other thing I was thinking is because we think Viagra, Cialis, Trojan condoms. So that that word Trojan, that sounds like a double whammy to me. Now, there may be some marketing message why you want to use the word Trojan. But if your website is being perpetually blacklisted because it's falling on multiple default lists of suspicion words, you ain't going to get your marketing out there.
1: Right, and that is actually the number one FDO spam hack is Cialis and Viagra. So as soon as those words are seen, you're shut down. So and that's and that's I, I have at least five of them we're doing today. Right. Today. Right. And and when i training cleaning websites, these are people who did not secure their websites. They rolled the dice, thinking it couldn't happen to them, and then it happens. You know. It, so that's why you've got to be, be proactive. You don't, certainly don't want any of this stuff on your website.
0: Cor- correct. Now, uh, one of our listeners who saw that you were going to be on Business Creators Radio Show uh, emailed in a question, and this is something that's been on my mind too. So you have uh, platforms like WordPress, Joomla, and such that have blogs, and they get a lot of comment spam, which means people submit automated comments, and it's about things like Viagra, Cialis things like that. Now, it's my belief, and correct me if I'm wrong, that those comments are typically automated and there are softwares out there that just find blogs with certain keywords and just start automatically submitting comments. Is there any danger in those comments? Are there any security or reputation risks in those comments?
1: Well, they're not actually gonna
0: get anything to your website, they're just filling out your your comment form.
1: Okay. Uh, if, If there's a link that they put in that comment that links to something else, that could be an issue. Uh, you know, as Google counts your incoming and your outgoing links and, and the quality of those links. But there's also no real way to stop um, and prevent this from happening. The only way to do it is moderate your comments. Correct. Set um, it to automatic. Expect that this is going to happen. You can put a CAPTCHA on it. Uh, they're only about 70% effective um but the best way to to prevent it is moderate your comments
0: yep i i had a client myself once that uh, did not want to moderate their comments and at the same time they wanted an absolute guarantee that viagra cialis and all these other things would never ever show up, and I told them that's absolutely impossible, and then I reminded them of the larger marketing issue here, which is aside from a security issue, aside from a make sure that all your comments look good issue, you should be moderating your comments if you have any seriousness about your blog and the quality of the interactions you're having with your audience. In fact, there should be, if somebody visits your blog and they see the people commented on it, there should be a one-to-one ratio of comments your response. Comment, your response. Comment, your response. Uh, No matter how tedious it feels, no matter how often it feels like you're saying the same thing, what happens is when people see that you actually respond to your blogs, that creates a huge implied belief that if they invest in you, like they buy your products, or they join your programs, or they set up subscribe for your services, they think, wow, they take the time to respond to every single Tom, Dick, and Harry that comments on their blog. I bet you if I actually pay the money, I'm going to get world-class customer service here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, your best defense is uh, your uh, DP, uh, delete button. Yes. So, you know, but, um, you know, talking about that, I mean, that that also reminds me as, you know, your best defense, you know, against hacking and malware is the number one thing you should do, even if you have a firewall, the number one thing is you should back up your website every day. Not rely on the hosting company, but you personally should go in manually, back up your website, download it to your hard drive, so that if that website is hacker defaced, your developer, or you, if you know how, can restore that website with that backup in 10 minutes or less. That's your best
0: defense. Yeah, you're absolutely you're absolutely right about that. And uh, for many of the content management systems, there are automated plugins. One of my personal favorite plugins for WordPress is called Backup Creator. It was developed by my friends Robert Plank and Lance Tamashiro. It's a great plugin. You can have backups sent to your FTP, an FTP on a different host. Amazon, Dropbox, there's so many different places, and you can have your backups sent to all these places. And you can do it daily, weekly, monthly, I think there's even an hourly option if I understand correctly. So if you have a very high-traffic, high-activity blog and you need to capture things on an hourly basis, I think there's that option too. But you need to make a practice of making sure that those backups are good. I had this happen in my own business where uh, all of our websites were with this one hosting company that was having ongoing issues with their server. And then I kept telling them, I see cracks in your server from a layman's perspective. And they would say, no, servers are fine. You need to update your WordPress plugins, even though my WordPress plugins are updated. And then uh, I find out my websites are down on a Saturday morning. It's going to be three days before they can get my websites back up again. And I sat on their I sat on the phone on hold patiently for three hours. Obviously, they're getting a lot of phone calls. For three hours, just so that I could tell a human voice, I told you so. And you know what the worst part of that scenario was? While we were down, we had backups of all of our WordPress sites. So we started hosting with another company. We were doing DNS changes. We were installing WordPress. And we are using the backup creator just... Sucking those websites off Amazon, getting them back live again. But my flagship website, HelpMyWebsiteSell.com, its backups were cracked. We didn't know. So we got all the other sites up, but the one that really mattered was down for three days. Because the host, because, because the original host was server was down. We couldn't even get in to get the stuff so we could repair it.
1: This is uh, one place you and I disagreed in our our original conversation. Yes. And that is I always insist on manual backups because the automated backups fail and you don't have a viable backup, but you don't know it until you need that backup. Right. So that's why the best way is just go in and do it. Every time you edit the website, make a backup, download it. It only takes a minute.
0: It only takes a minute. So if you are a company that is spending – 3% 3% of your IT budget on security instead of 10%. Do you think that having somebody go in and do a minute a day is going to cost you the other 7%? I don't think so unless your IT budget is 20 bucks. There's
1: some there's some misinformation out there in the world that if you have a website, you don't have to do anything. It's just there. Right. And that's not true. It takes maintenance and if it takes that minute or two every day. That's maintenance. If you had the convenience store down in the corner, every day got to sweep and mop the floor. you got to stock the shelves. If the refrigerator breaks, you got to have the refrigerator to guy come come out. you got to open and close the doors. You have to wash the windows. Whatever it may be, a website has its own thing. You have to make the backup. You have to edit the text. You have to process the orders. You have to delete the spam. Whatever it is, I equate it as being the same thing. It's the cost and the time of running a business. It's the same way. But with websites, people think that they don't need to do anything, and it's just not true.
0: You know, and that's funny. It's the same with marketing, too, and that's a whole separate conversation. If you think because you have a website that you should just be automatically having your cash register ring 24-7, then you've listened to too many hypey pitches from stage. The fact is... You have your website up. The real question is now what? Uh, Are you doing product launches? Are you doing engagement campaigns? Are you doing list building and then engaging that list? Are you doing regular public education? Are you doing a podcast? There's so many things you need to be doing on an ongoing basis because your website just sitting there isn't going to do anything for you really if you're not driving pre-qualified prepped and pumped visitors to it. So that, that's the case. And uh, you know, if you've built your website and you think it's just going to just sit there, well, the hackers and the malware people aren't just sitting there. They're looking for your vulnerabilities and your Trojan horses. That's right.
1: And, yeah. you know, but Sites sure. sometimes what we do is if somebody comes to me and their website's already hacked, we will take in and install our security suite on their server just so I can see where that traffic's coming from, where the flood is happening. Um, Our software includes uh, an antivirus scanner. So if it's not a hack, but it's actually a virus on the server, I can detect that. Even though they haven't purchased the system, I can just use it to get all that information I need, so then I can clean it. Then I offer them, you know, do they want to purchase the suite? Now they've seen all the different things that it can do. Um, But... You know, you were talking about the traffic coming in. I had one recently that was getting a million hits a day from Russia and China. And what they did was they had purchased some kind of uh, hit clicking program for their social media to try to get Google to think, you know, that they're doing all this wonderful clicking. And um, that in itself was pulling all the traffic from nefarious countries that were all blacklisted. And her website was crawling it was huge to start off with but it was so slow so i I just put our firewall on there and ran reports and saw where it was all coming from was able to nail down exactly what was going on get rid of the fake program and your problem will be solved yes Um, of course then they didn't have all their affiliate revenue but (laughs) you know it's one or the other but yeah um, yeah, that that happens sometimes you have to be careful about what you invite into your website, um, you know, and, and and if you are inviting uh, different uh, people, programs, things, whatever it may be, into your website, you got to make sure that you're covered, that it's not going to bring your site down. Um, sites, you know, most people are just on basic hosting plans, and they can't handle a lot of traffic. As soon as you start getting three or 400 people, your website's going to slow down or it may not even load. So, and there's so much to it, Um, you know, but, you know, going back to the original concept of the conversation is the first thing you have to do once you have this website, before you even do any marketing, start inviting the world in, is make sure that your website is secure so it can handle everything that's going to go on later. Because if you invite people in and your website can't handle it, you got nothing. As a matter of fact, you damaged yourself. You all know the story of Friendster. Yes. Friendster was... But, but tell our listeners. I
0: know but tell our listeners.
1: Friendster was the predecessor of Facebook, and it was doing great. Um, but what happened was they hadn't anticipated the traffic that they were going to get, and their website was offline more often than not because it couldn't handle all the connections. So people just gave up and went to Facebook, which was prepared. So if your website isn't ready and it can't be accessed, they're not going to wait for you to come back online. They're just going to go to the next company because there's always more companies doing the same thing that you're trying to do. So you've got, you've got to be online, you've got to be safe. Um, I had a situation where um, one of my websites, I got a phishing email from Network Solutions and I, I didn't catch it. It looked exactly like a Network Solutions email. I logged in. The website looked exactly like Network Solutions. It wasn't. A hacker out of Canada got my login and sold my two company websites. Transferred them right out of Network Solutions. He had them. I went two months no business. Held them ransom for hundred thousand dollars sixty four, and uh, I didn't pay. And fortunately, the security departments at Network Solutions were fantastic, and they got me my websites back. But it did take two months. You know, so you really have to be careful. I mean, if you open an email and it says that it's from PayPal, look at the URLs. Hover over the URL in the email and make sure it's really from PayPal and not some um, rogue uh, URL that doesn't make any sense. Um, be careful on what you click on. Um, you know, there, you can check the integrity of websites that you find online. There's lots of places you can go that will verify. You want to make sure they have an SSL so that it you make a purchase, your credit card information isn't stolen. Um, you know, there's there's so many factors that go into this. But if you're a website owner, you know you not only need to protect your website from all the nefarious activity that happens in the internet world, you need to protect your websites for your customers' usage and yes. your business usage so that you don't do anything to them, so that you don't infect their computer. A lot of times I'll have clients whose websites are hacked, and we clean the hack, and it's right back again. We clean the hack, it's right back again. Come to find out, it's on their computer. They're infecting their own website from their computer. So it's up to you to keep your website clean and secure. It's up to you to keep your computer clean and secure. And people that are not doing this, you're not just setting yourself up to be a victim, but you're going to hurt other people too.
0: Right. You're absolutely right about that. Now, we have about eight minutes left here. And uh, what I want to do is I want to shift gears and I want to talk a little bit about your solution, Sites Ashore, and how it answers some of these questions here. And, you know, when we were talking about Sites Ashore. You mentioned some things about your pricing structure that I just thought myself in some ways were too good to be true. But then you showed me how really. True, it is. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how that all works, and how you know we're talking about budgets and and expenditures, and how we invest smartly, how for a very small amount of money we can take care of ninety nine percent of all this, if not more.
1: Well, I, I had a great opportunity about two years ago. Um, a friend of mine had a security company, and he had a firewall that worked good for uh, protecting all any PHP-based website and anything on a Linux server. Um, And it wasn't attached to the domain. It would actually go into the root of the server and protect everything. Um, He wanted to retire. He didn't want to do it anymore, and he offered it to me. Um, So we took that uh, software firewall, and we modified it tremendously and added a lot of services and made a bundle out of that. Um, So then in going and finding out, you know, where the real cost was and what people needed I was comparing to other companies and although they may provide you a software firewall that's 70% effective for $8 a month and then charge up to $350 to clean your website when and if it's hacked so in our situation what we decided was charge a little more for the firewall and then if anybody's website is hacked um, with our firewall then we would just clean their website for free no matter how many times it happens because the benefit for me is if something were to get through my firewall, I want to know what it is. I'm going to block it and prevent it from happening again. Um, Unfortunately, in 18 months we've been doing this, uh, none of the websites using our security software has been hacked. So in the experience I had with we have another company called nine one one website repair, we compared over twenty five thousand websites. Um, one one of the, the experiences we had was in getting the information we needed to clean websites. So now I have this software firewall which we install it works great, too complicated for the user. So we manage it. We take care of everything. It has defined uh, uh, properties for each type of um, content management system. Uh, so if it's WordPress, it has specific definitions for that. If it's Joomla, it's specific definitions for that. And we manage this for the client. They can get reports. They can go in and look at it themselves. But for most people, it's way too complicated. Right. So we take care. of so the next thing we did, we have two scanners. We have a scanner that tells us if your website is live or offline. Um, if it's offline, um, that can be a problem. Uh, and then the other scanner uh, gives us live, uh, real-time reports of all the activity hitting that firewall. And so if 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 it's a uh, cross-site scripting um or if it's cross-site forgery or SQL injection or directory transversal or denial of service, or um, there's different layers of intrusion going up to seven. So we do layer one, layer two, layer seven, layer five, intrusion. If it's a virus, if it's something being injected, uh, a file being modified, we and our customers get a real-time report telling us what it is what level of risk it is and what file is being infected. This is huge because you don't have to go digging. And these are reports and it will tell you if it's succeeded or if it's didn't. Um, the next, and the next one we do is you can do this manually. So you have real time reports, but then if you, say if you come in and the real time report didn't run yet, it runs at midnight to two in the morning. So say it's eight o'clock in the morning and your website's acting a little inky. Um, you can go in and run a manual report and find out if it's infected right then and there. And that report will tell you if it's clean, if it has malware, if it's blacklisted, or needs to be upgraded. And it'll tell you what files are infected and what you're infected with. But we get that report at the same time in our system with the flags, and we have staff that sit there and watch for this. So as soon as we see that, we can go in and clean it if you are infected before you even know it. And so you don't even know, need to know what's going on. We just take care of it. Uh, we also provide error reports. Seeing we're already in the website, we can scan all the code. And if there's bad code, something's wrong, it uh, doesn't meet uh, browser compatibility or WC3 standards, we get a report that tells us what's the Um The other thing we included was antivirus software. So it, it comes with CRAM antivirus built in. Um, you can set it to run automatically. You can set it to run manually. Um, in the case where we're cleaning uh, malware out of websites that do not have our system, we'll install our system just to run the antivirus software and find out that the computer or the, the server is actually infected and we can clean that. Um, we also include an analytics suite, because know where your visitors are coming from. That way we can tell um, if it's coming from the various countries, what kind of traffic you're getting, um, and we can block it, uh, you know, target the blocking. Um, and then the other thing we, we include is in this, is if your website, it were to be hacked, we would just clean it for free. No problem. <clears throat> um, excuse me. Um, as I said, a lot of the other companies use the firewall as a come on, they basically give that away. But then if you do get hacked, um, even though there may be a big name, you do get hacked and then they charge you $350 to clean the hack. Right. Um, so what we do for all this is we charge you a subscription based on the number of domains. Um, we're also, in the next month, we'll be introducing our new DNS firewall. So right now we have a software-based firewall that's become right. our enterprise business. And then we're going to have the DNS firewall, which is even simpler to install and manage. And again, we'll take care of everything. Um, so you don't have to be a technician in order to understand this, manage this, and operate it. Great. Um, it's great. Yeah, and so people are signing up on a regular basis. Uh, you can buy it for a year. You can pay for it by the month. It's a recurring payment. Um, uh-huh. And and the other thing is, you know, we answer the phone, we our emails, and we'll tell you what's going on before you even know it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, this has been so much fun. We are right at the top of the hour here. So, uh, Mike, if you could just tell us one more time uh, what the uh, what the website for that is, it's sitesashore.com, I believe. Sites right. plural. SitesAssure.com Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, this is one of those ones that run right up to the top of the hour. So, Michael Jones of Sites um, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, I'm definitely going to check this out for myself.
1: Okay, thank you. My pleasure. You
0: bet. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check us out at www.BusinessCreatorsRadioShow.com where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.